0: Success, it has been said, is not the absence of failure, but going from failure to failure without any loss of enthusiasm. My name is BJ Gremillion, and I am the host of the Rush to Fail podcast. This podcast was created to highlight and learn from others who have turned their failures into success in hopes that it will both inspire and encourage others to push through their trials and to not be afraid of short-term failure. Our mantra on this show is to fail often, fail forward, and rush to fail. Welcome to Rush to Fail Podcast. I'm your host BJ Gremillion. Today I am here with Jason Nelson. The majority of the time we've been in Arizona, I've known known Jason and his his family and uh, very excited to have him on the show today. Uh, Jason's a dentist and uh, he's got a lot more than just dentistry going on. Uh, They've turned it into a, a pretty incredible business. So Jason, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, thanks. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Do you want to tell us just kind of a little bit about uh, maybe some background? Tell us a little about you, your family, uh, your career, all that fun stuff.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, well, I grew up in northeastern Utah, um, way out in the middle of nowhere. Um, it's a place where you don't go by accident. Um, so I uh, grew up What's on it a... Called? It's called Roosevelt, Utah. Okay. Yeah, so I grew up in Roosevelt, Utah. We're about two and a half hours east of Salt Lake City. Mm-hmm. um and i grew up on a farm oh that was my dad's uh full-time uh occupation and it still is um it's you know, even to this day and i have a couple of brothers that are um taking over the the farming operations and wow. um so it's still in the family um cattle right yeah so we had yeah. cattle and then <laughs> they, we raised a lot of hay as well we did oh. that was probably our main thing mm-hmm. um when I was there and then we had about 300 head of cows. Um, so it was spring and summertime was busy. man. Uh, but it was fun though. I mean, at the time I thought it was brutal. Yeah, you know my buddies are out sure. you know, playing around in the summer and I'm working, you know, getting up early and you know working late. Um, but looking uh-huh. back, I wouldn't trade it for anything uh-huh. um, in the world because the the things I was able to learn the work ethic, all those things have paid off, I mean, you know, massively you know, yeah. in my life. Uh, so, yeah, so I grew cool. up there and then um, I went and served a, a two-year church mission. So mm-hmm. I, I went to Japan um, and, and lived there for two years. I came home and then went to BYU and actually majored uh, in Japanese. Oh, that worked out. Yeah, so it was great. Um, worked out really well.
0: But that was pretty easy, I imagine? No? Um, or was it a it, lot more difficult?
1: It was. I did have an advantage um, yeah. because I could test out of a lot of the lower level classes. Sure. And it catapulted me forward um, in my academic career. Yeah. And basically allowed me to pick up all the science classes that I needed for the uh, my, my oh, core nice. classes to for dental school.
0: So that's why you chose that as your major, so you could expedite knowing that you wanted to be a dentist, right? Is that kind of
1: um yeah kind of well that and it it, to be honest it padded my gpa there um, you go because all those classes i could test out of i got a's in yeah and so it shot my gpa up which (laughs) i needed to help me get into dental school um (laughs) but and it was nice too to not um i guess be the traditional you know Mm -hmm. science major applying to dental school yeah like i don't
0: think i know anyone that's that has a major in japanese yeah Yeah, I mean, I was the only
1: one in all of the schools I interviewed at. I was the only Japanese major. Really? Yeah. That's cool. cool.
0: That's awesome.
1: Yeah, so I then graduated from BYU and then uh, went to Ohio um, for dental school. So I was at Ohio State. And... I know that that's hard for people in Arizona. It's hard. It's hard for people in Arizona to hear that. Um, I, I get crap like about all the time. We don't like winning schools here in
0: Arizona. You know, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it, it rubs us the wrong way.
1: Yeah. I well, and my office is right here by ASU campus. And yeah. So I have a ton of patients from ASU, and they, you know, hear where I went to dental school, and <laughs> some of them jealous. get up and walk walk out of the room. <laughs> yeah. But. Um, um, No, so yeah, I had an awesome time there, Um, got a great education, and then I graduated in in 2010, Mm -hmm. and then uh, came straight here to Arizona and went into private practice with my Mm -hmm. brother-in-law, who's also a dentist, and yeah, we've just been Why Arizona?
0: Because your wife is from Utah, right? Or is she from Arizona?
1: Yeah, well, uh, we're both from Utah. Yeah, so okay. she, her family lives in, in Utah now as well. But my sister and my brother-in-law were down here. Oh. Um, he graduated um, also from Ohio State, about 10 years ahead of me. Mm. Um, so he had uh, three practices here. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of them we had actually bought uh, before I graduated. Hmm. Um, and then when I graduated... Uh, we bought our second office um, together down here, um, and so he already had like a kind of a framework put in place, and yeah. and had some good momentum, and had a yeah. a good um, a good support team in mm-hmm. place, because um, we could share resources. Um, yeah, and so it made, you know, going into an office right out of school not as intimidating, mm-hmm. um, because I had incredible support. Cool. Um, and people that he had, had kind of, or a team that he had built. Hmm. Um, and so it, it helped me really f- flourish um, having, you know, a good support team around me and people that, that I could trust that would help, you know, lead me in the right direction.
0: Sure. Yeah. So did you ever anticipate your career uh, turning from, you know, being a dentist uh, to now it's, it seems like you've gone a little bit more towards like the, the business side of dentistry? Uh, where now it sounds like some private equity is involved; those type of things. Is uh, did you ever imagine that occurring, or how, or how did that occur?
1: No, I I would have never had imagined the position that that we're in today when I graduated from dental school. Yeah, I mean, even like seven eight years ago, I would sure. have never even been able to imagine this. Um,
0: and how did that work out? How did you guys get into that that so, side of the
1: business? So, um, well, my my brother in law is. The visionary mm. like he is the kind of the big thinker let's you know you know let, let's go big let's mm-hmm. um you know reach for the stars i'm more of the practical one mm. i'm the one saying hey hold on a second how we, like yeah it's great to to reach like that but there's a lot of steps along the way that, mm. that we need to accomplish um and things we need to be watching yeah. so it it From the get-go, it it was a pretty good, you know, partnership um, because we kind of balanced each other well. He would stretch me and pull me, yeah, and I would rein him in a little bit. Interesting.
0: Um, So he's the visionary, and you're you're more the operations guy, like.
1: Yeah, I would say I'm. um, No, I mean because he, I'm more. I guess the nitty gritty details. Oh, okay. Not necessarily risk averse, um, but. He would be more of a kind of come up with the, not the plan, come up with the dream, hmm. I guess. Yeah. And um, I was more like a, like detail X's and O's. How is this going to work Here's out? The map. Um, yeah. So which, which worked out um, great, yeah. um, you know, as we were starting, because, you know, it's always a little nerve wracking going into uh, sure. business with, with family you know, my wife was, I mean, Sarah was, was <laughs> yeah. nervous about that. Yeah. She said, you know, because we have, I have a great relationship with my sister and had a great relationship with my brother-in-law. Yeah. And um, it's kind of risky. Yeah. Going How to... has that
0: been? How has that worked out for you guys? Um,
1: it, for the most part, it's been awesome. Yeah. Um, he's been uh, an incredible mentor um, mm-hmm. for me and, has, and I've learned so much from him. Yeah. and And he's really helped push me in areas where I think I needed it hmm. um and i mean there there's you know been a handful of times where you know there's been some stressful situations we've had to handle, but um for the most part it's been awesome and i mean i looking back, I would do it again really uh yeah no it's been it's been awesome so yeah it i mean we went in with you know our eyes wide open and um, sure and have been pleasantly surprised. So it's been awesome. Yeah, I mean,
0: it's one of those things where I think everyone always tells you, hey, don't go into business with a partner, right? That's hard enough. Yeah, it's tough. And then let's go ahead and add on the family component. Yeah. And you're pretty much I'm sure you're like one out of 1000s. I don't know how I, I would love to know what the statistics are for oh, yeah. for those partnerships that last, you know, and and you guys have, are and you're still in a partnership.
1: Yeah, together? No, yeah we're still partners um I still uh, work together it's always been good um or how many years how many years how long has it been um let's see it's been almost 13 years wow yeah because i graduated in june of of 2010. So we're coming up on 13 years now. Man, that's awesome. Yeah, it's been great.
0: So I imagine, obviously, you know, where you are today, where you were when you graduated, uh, there might have been a a few bumps in the road, right? Um, And uh, unless, you know, you are kind of a freak of nature. I've I've always looked at at you as like someone that I never want to compare myself to just because (laughs) uh, this is someone that will, you know, run marathons. He's run the Boston Marathon. He, uh, you know, incredible athlete basketball great with the youth and and just there's so many things I'm like is there anything that is difficult for you to do because you make it all look easy right and I love that about you but I imagine there's probably some more stuff that goes on behind the scenes maybe that people don't see and so maybe if you wouldn't mind just sharing you know maybe some of those right pull back the curtain a little bit and say hey here's here's really what's going on
1: no it's all been pretty easy like yeah yeah, it's perfect all right we can wrap this up. so yeah i don't know what everyone else's problem is (laughs) why did we get John here no it's it's so it's so interesting yeah because we have that perception you know when we see others we think oh man they've they've got it figured out Mm -hmm. they have everything buttoned up and they're all put together um What's wrong with me? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I feel that way all the time. You know, I still do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, looking—I mean, on a, on a clinical aspect, you know, looking at other you know dentists or surgeons or you know people that I aspire to be like, mm-hmm. I think, oh man, they just, they just—they have it all. Yeah. Um, but we forget, you know, how hard it is to get to that point, and there's there's a lot of of growing pains, mm-hmm. you know, that come to get to that point. You know starting out um you know i i started in a, a a small little office um we had three treatment rooms it was like the office total was like 900 square feet hmm. and i honestly wondered what were we thinking when we bought this place yeah um it i i didn't see how it was going to work hmm. um you know but my uh, you know Chet that's my brother-in-law yeah he had said just just trust me um, th- this is is going to be a great opportunity um so I reluctantly you know jumped in mm-hmm. and um I was pretty cocky I think when I started off I you know I, th- I thought I had everything figured out yeah and um quickly learned that um being a, a a dentist and a business owner, um, it's it's a lot to take on. Yeah. And the the thing that I struggled with the most, um and and probably still do to this day, is yeah. like the leadership aspect um mm-hmm. of, of running an office. Yeah. Um I I, I had a mentality that uh I, I'm the boss. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to keep this professional and you're going to do what I, I tell you to, mm-hmm. um, I would try to do it nicely. I mean, of course, but like, you no, know, if I'm being honest, deep down inside, that was my mentality. Like yeah. I'm the boss. This is like, this is how it's going to work. Yeah. How did um, that work for you? I, it, 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 well, obviously you can, you can <laughs> guess, um, that, that mentality or that approach, I mean, did not go well you know with with the teams that i was you know um, in charge of leading Hmm. and another problem i had is i was i wanted to put off this perception that i did have it all figured out Hmm. that you know i had my crap together and just listen to me and it's going to be fine Hmm. um so i was i was closed off um i i did not want to show any vulnerability Hmm. whatsoever um, and so it made me very unapproachable, um, and, um, you know, the relationship with my team struggled. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of, of, uh, a lot of tension, mm-hmm. um, that, that I had to deal with those, those first few years. One quick, I mean, funny story. And this it's a stupid example. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my lead assistant, uh, and I was probably out maybe two years when this happened, but um we had gone, i can't even remember what the situation was um but she was just ticked at me um <laughs> for some reason and i remember going into one of the treatment rooms to see a patient mm-hmm. and she didn't put gloves out for me and for whatever reason Did that she? that bugged me yeah and I thought, I'm the doctor. You get my gloves out. And you put them on the counter where they're supposed to be. I didn't say it that way, but I I said, you need to make sure you have gloves out when yeah. I walk into the room. And I, and I said, I didn't say it nicely. Uh-huh. Well, the next patient I go in to see, there's like a mountain of gloves sitting on the counter. So, <laughs> uh- oh, that just, it lit me on fire. I... I almost fired her over that stupid like <laughs> that stupid incident. Um but I, I was I was hot though. I was it, it made me so mad that she would disrespect me like that. Yeah. Um and I can't even remember what I said. But that looking back, that was one of my aha moments mm-hmm. where the light bulb goes off and I thought I need to Change some things. Yeah, change my approach because I mean, I I was all worked up over I mean something so stupid. Yeah, um, yeah. So that that's just a, a a small example of of little things that I would do. Um, yeah, and I would never. I was always really pretty closed off. Like I would never share anything about like personal life or um, you know things that that I was into, things I was doing. Yeah. Um, and it just, it made work just not very enjoyable, man. Um, and so, I mean, well, I, I thought it was normal. I thought it was fine. Cause you know, sure. I would show up and do my thing. Don't I'm busy. Yeah. But I didn't, I, I didn't realize like the effect it was having on my team. Yeah. Until, and now as I look back on it, I mean, turnover was a huge issue for me. Hmm. I mean, we, we would, you know, cycle through employees and team members and I just, thought well that's just part of the deal yeah but it, it kind of it is you yeah. know to some degree but um, it, it'll make them like they used to yeah right? seriously oh yeah like, had, oh, kids these days yeah. yeah seriously that was always you know uh-huh. the you, and you get on the message boards right you get on like you know on these in these you know dental facebook groups and sure. you get on there and, and, and people are you know they're sharing ideas and collaborating but everybody's complaining about the quality of of their employees yeah you just can't find good help yep and i i used to be in that same boat and it's so
0: interesting because i think um and i'm curious where you got that uh perception of how business you know should be run because it you have uh a lot of what you're saying probably resonates with maybe the older generation right Mm -hmm. where they're just like no like you just you you have a job you go there you you work there for 20 years or whatever and you retire and you know that's just how it is um and in the whole idea of even like the cultural side of things yep. and making it a fun workplace and I'm the boss and you're you know you got to be told what to do um is is obviously not what we're faced with today like it's a very yeah. different environment you know today so yeah I'm curious like you know that experience obviously had a had a big impact on you to remember that like is there anything else that, that you've, you've realized now, like looking back, like where you are now compared to then, what, what's changed with the culture and how do you guys make it an environment where people actually want to work? Cause now you're in a position, right? Where you're, uh, helping other, uh, maybe younger dentists mm-hmm. or, or maybe dentists that are on their way out, um, have a great culture. And it's all about, you know, making sure that, uh, you know, the, the team and the culture aspect is there so that obviously it's going to impact the bottom line and the revenue and all that fun stuff. So, yeah, what what have you learned and and how do you guys now train people to not make those same type of mistakes that you were as a young dentist?
1: Um, yeah, so in, for, for me, I came to the realization, obviously, that something needed to change. And, you know, I've had, you know, some you know, great mentors and, and friends, close friends, um, that have really, um, taught me about leadership mm. and how crucial it is. Yeah. And, um, so I just started consuming, you know, content to help with leadership and development and to grow and, um, and, and, studied a lot on how to help create a positive culture Hmm. um, and how crucial the leader is in creating that culture. Yeah. Um, So it's something that I, I, I work on pretty intentionally now. Yeah. And I, I've had to intentionally work on like letting the guard down, Hmm. trying to open myself up, be a little more vulnerable, Hmm. um, which has allowed me to start connecting with, Um, my team yeah um, in in more significant ways Hmm. Um, and and it's been I mean it still is a work in progress yeah Um, but I I feel that where I am now compared to you know even you know seven eight years ago yeah um, our culture is so much healthier yeah and our team they want to be there I mean because like we enjoy being around each other that that's a, mm-hmm. a a big component of it yeah um i mean even more so than you know compensation you know i've i've had you know team members in fact i have one on my team right now that um i mean she's had offers to go other places and 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 make more money hmm. um And I would tease her, you know, every once in a while, check in and say, hey, are we still good? Like, I mean, am I, are we, you know, in in dangerous water here? You know, and she told me even just, uh, it was just a week or two ago. She said, you know, um, I've been thinking a lot about like relationships at work. Um, Because she actually just became our office manager um, probably about three or four months ago. Mm -hmm. Um, She started off with me as a brand new assistant. And... um, you know worked for a couple years she works hard super dedicated um anyway an opportunity came up and she just became our office manager but so she's she's starting to think more about these leadership type things how mm. like what can i do to be a better leader and you know and i've helped you know point her in you know in the in the few different directions of things that she can consume and things that she can be reading to help her develop that yeah but anyway, so she said she's been focusing or thinking a lot about relationships. Yeah. Um, and how important they are. And she told me, to be completely honest, if it wasn't for the relationship that we had, she's like, I wouldn't still be here. Awesome. That's
0: um, pretty impressive, right? I mean, like, you've come obviously a long way yeah. to now be that person where they're like, hey, it's because of you, not in spite of you that I'm working here. Right. Like yes. That's a big shift. Um, yeah. man, I love that. And I think there's so many things that we can obviously, you know, take from that. And, and I think that to your point, the, it starts with the leader of the pack and they, they kind of take on the mantra and, and the personality yeah. and the vibe of the leader. Um, one of the areas that we, you know, we got to know each other from is, is from church. And, um, so I got to watch you as a leader of young men. Um, you know, as well as in other capacities, I was always just, you know, really impressed with your leadership skills, especially with cultivating like the young men. Um, is that something that you just, uh, uh, is it something that I, I guess you've, you've learned over time or what, what are some of the things that you've learned in working maybe with the young men or in your church callings that has directly correlated maybe with like the business side of things where you've just picked up on lessons or maybe it was through failure. Maybe it was mm-hmm. through like, Oh, I'm not going to do that again. Or maybe it was just, you know, uh, in some other way, but is there, is there something that maybe, you know, translates from those experiences that you've had at church?
1: Um, I think that would definitely be my, uh, what would you call it? My learning ground, mm-hmm. um, was, is working with the youth. Yeah. Cause I, I love it. Mm-hmm. I love working with with young people, working with teenagers, um, and fortunately, I had some great mentors, um, you know. And you know, I mean, we've got you know people that we've gone to church with. Yeah. Um, I've learned a ton from watching them. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, one of the biggest things that um, that I've learned is you need to be intentional, because mm. um, you know relationships um, aren't created by accident. Mm. Like you need to be pretty intentional. Um, I mean, especially with teenagers. Yeah. Cause you know how teen, do teenagers. I mean, you're kind of guilty until proven innocent with them just cause you're an old person. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and so you have to create experiences for them that, that, you know, help them understand. Um, and so I had seen that modeled from, you know, other, you know, young men's leaders that I had worked with and I thought that's how I want to be. Mm. Um, And so I've, I've intentionally, you know, tried to, you know, you know, model, you know, their behavior and and try to create those relationships. Um, And I, I, over the years, I just, have seen it play out that if you really focus on, on creating that relationship, let people know that you care. I mean, it's, it's basic stuff, but like, least for me anyway i had to like be very like intentional and not not fake and be like okay i'm supposed to say hi to you you know you've got to be there's got to be a genuine like desire Mm -hmm. there Mm -hmm. and i think that's where it starts right you get that you you have to have that that genuine desire Mm -hmm. um and if it's there and you start putting in the effort then things are going to come together and so um, I, I had this mentality like with work, like no, that does not like cross over with personal life. I no. have my, my work life box and I have my my church life, my church and home life box. Yeah. And we don't cross those over. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know where I got that from. Sure. Um, but I, I had those, those two areas compartmentalized. And then when I started to recognize I needed to make some changes, mm-hmm. um, yeah to your point, I really just, started taking those principles and things that I had learned, you know, Mm. working with youth, um, who I, I, you know, care deeply about. Mm -hmm. And as I reflected on my relationship with my team, like I really did care about these people that I I worked with Yeah, you know, one in particular, in fact, my office manager that, that just, you know, she, she quit back in November. Um, so what, three, four months ago, Mm. um, she left dentistry she's working you know for out out in the industry out of dentistry she mm-hmm. wanted some different scenery we worked together for almost 10 years wow i could not really stand her the first few years hmm. and i think she couldn't stand, and i'm pretty sure she couldn't stand me yeah like we were it's so different yeah i mean politically uh, religiously i mean we were on opposite ends of the spectrum sure um like we had we learned that there were few topics we just we could not go into. Like we had to, you know, no. toe that line. Mm-hmm. Um but over the years I grew to appreciate her so much. Mm. And even though I mean we still are wildly different, um when I started to open up more yeah. to her and you know share certain things about my life and ask her about things from her life. Like we developed this relationship of of mutual respect, and um, it was hard to see her go. I can still remember I went and gave her a big hug, you know, on her last mm. day, and you know, we're both, you know, you know, crying, and um, mm-hmm. it was um, it was cool. Yeah, you have to have. that. I mean, I missed her. I, I would love to have her come back because she was she was awesome at what she did, and she's yeah. you know a smart person, but. Um, that was a cool that. moment for me. I yeah. um, think, you know what, as you know, despite you know, how different our backgrounds are and, and our opinions and beliefs are, are, are pretty wildly different. Yeah. Um, and I just I appreciated her so much um, mm. as an individual and for what you know, she she brought to the table. She was was a, a huge asset to our team.
0: Oh, that's so cool. I love that story. And it's funny. I'll actually share a story as you were talking. It made me think of my favorite Jason story. Uh, And I think you know where we're going with this one. So uh, the thing you you have to know about Jason is he is all for just pushing himself. I think he wants to constantly just improve and push the limit. And uh, so we made the mistake of actually asking him where he would like to go uh, for a, uh, a, a hike and and a camp out with with young men so i'm thinking my idea of a hike or or any type of camping experience is going to be backing up you know the the truck and uh maybe putting the tent out and probably sleeping in the truck and then eating something and going home jason's idea is very different from from mine so and i found that out the hard way so we we uh i don't think anyone was totally prepared for this experience but we ended up Uh he said, hey, you know, it's just an easy hike. We're we're just, you know, I've done it plenty of times before. The the boys are gonna have fun. They're gonna, you know, be able to hike, rappel, and all this stuff. And so we're like, okay, yeah, sounds good. We don't know anything about it. But yeah, I trust you, let's go. And so we ended up going. And uh I remember distinctly. So um anyone that's from Arizona, uh Weaver's Needle, right, is where we went. So uh Weaver's Needle, it's it's kind of an interesting hike because it's it's two hikes pretty much in one, right? So like you get to the summit of this one hill, mountain, whatever you want to call it. And uh and I'm I'm getting up there and I'm pretty winded. I'm feeling like, okay, you know, we made it. That was tough. Cool. Let's let's go ahead and camp. And I'm about ready to take my bag off. And they're like, no, we're we're like halfway through. Like we're going up there. And I'm like, what? (laughs) And it's just this straight up hill. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. So and we're backpacking by the way. So we end up going in and uh, yeah, like hiking up and then we're full on scaling these boulders and there's, we're off the path now. We're going up this hill. And, so, and that was hard, but I'm like, okay, this is a good experience. So then we get to the top and I look at Jason's face and I look at our guide's face that had all the rope and stuff. And I could tell there was some concern on their face. And we realized that where we were supposed to sleep that night um, had eroded. So there, there was no longer any flat area to actually sleep, which was awesome. So and it's late and there's nowhere else to go. So so all of the leaders, we we then literally we get hooked up to ropes, carabiner, all that stuff. We strap up and everything. We tie it to a tree, you know, behind us and we sleep in our sleeping bags pretty much, you know, at a 90 degree, a 45 degree <laughs> angle, you know, where if if we didn't have those ropes, we're just sliding all the way down. And of course there's a little tiny area where the, where the boys could sleep. I don't think any of us slept more than like an hour. And then the next day we had to hike uh, up the rest of it. And in any ways that experience, I have so many stories on the way back. There were rattlesnakes, there were bees, there were, uh, I ran out of my water because it was leaking. And I think I almost, you know, died of dehydration out there. And, it was the most intense experience that I will never forget. And every time I drive by, I see that Weaver's we Needle. I'm like, "Oh my gosh, that was like the best." It was the worst experience, yeah. but I will never forget that experience. And I think that's what I love about you is is I'm more of a softy with with the you know when I was in leadership, and and you were always willing to push the limit and push the boys and help them understand like. No, you can do it. It's probably going to stink. You're going to hate it, you know, but you know what? You're going to look back. And that was a big lesson for me to be like, okay, like I can actually, you know, do hard things and I can do, not that I loved it necessarily. um, But I mean, there's so many funny stories that I think back to that time and I'm like, and that's just one of, you know, so many experiences where I was like, man, he's just cut from a different cloth, man. <laughs> like Jason is just different than the rest of us. I don't know how to explain it, but um, I'm sure that that also is translated, you know, in your success in business and, and all those things, but, um, I'll never forget that.
1: Yeah, that was, well, one of my more memorable, uh, campouts as well. And in we dis- never
0: asked you again, where to go. Yeah.
1: Ever. In, in full yeah. disclosure, uh that was a little more intense than I thought it was going to be. <laughs>
0: Well, good. I'm glad that, uh, yeah, you didn't willfully put us into that position. But that was, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if you would, though, either. So I don't know if I totally believe you there. But um, no, that was that was so much fun. But I think that you've seen how that's translated. So now with with your business, um, help me kind of understand, you know, where it where it's gone from really just you had three practices, I think you mentioned uh, with your brother in law. And now it's like what where where are you at now? like what were you doing at this point in your career?
1: yeah, so um I'm not sure if we mentioned it or not, but we um, we uh, joined up with a, a private equity partner um, and just real quick story, the first time we met with them mm-hmm. um, well, we had networked into them through a, a mutual uh, marketing vendor, mm-hmm. and they had reached out to one of my partners and contacted her. Um, and to set up a meeting and my brother-in-law didn't even come the first time we met him he's like oh you guys go take good notes i'm gonna go hiking so he went <laughs> hiking with my sister and you know we're meeting with these you know these guys fly out from chicago just to, to meet with us and you know the the <laughs> guy that started the hike. group wasn't even there he was hiking <laughs> and you know because that was kind of his style because i mean chet is very um trusting and mm-hmm. just you know and he'll uh, Say hey, I trust you. To go go, you know, check it out, take good notes, and then let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he definitely is not a micromanager, yeah. um, which was awesome for me because I I was able to you know to grow and and really flourish in that environment. But at any rate, um, after meeting with um, there was one of the the uh, partners, um, one of the owners of the private equity firm, and uh, one of their I think it was one of their vice presidents or directors, um, sat down with us and about 10 minutes in, mm. I knew this was like, this is big, this is a big deal. Mm. Um, Chet needs to be here. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they had asked like, where's Chet? And I mean, I didn't tell them that they, that he went hiking. I said, Oh, he, he, he couldn't make it. Um, yeah. But me and, and two of my other partners were able to be there. And so we, you know, learned pretty quickly this is, um, Mm-hmm. something we want to be involved in and you know that that's the direction that the dentistry is going i mean it was headed toward consolidation you know these yeah. you know groups or dso's is is what you'll hear them referred to as um, pretty commonly mm-hmm. um so we just felt like the timing was good um to um, we had already had you know, you know a, a small cluster of, of practices and our equity partner said we we uh, Want to start uh, a DSO here in the Southwest, and we would like you guys to be our our anchor partner. Wow. Um, and you know, then you know, they had asked my asked my eventually asked my brother in law to to be the CEO, and wow. um, so he's you know running the organization. My other partner, um, she's really the the brains i think behind our operations hmm. um so you know she started off as our our coo yeah. and then uh me and and our other partner um had more of a clinical focus yeah. on um you know just you know doing dentistry and um you know helping with our clinical advisory board on um, those types of things um and so with the 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 help and expertise from the, you know, from our, our private equity partners, Mm -hmm. I mean, they just poured gas on, on what we were doing. Um, so we were able to grow, um, one, because they provided, you know, you know, the capital for us to do that, but they also provided a different perspective. Mm -hmm. You know, one thing they kept saying to us as we would meet, they say, you guys need to get outside of your four walls. Yeah because we were so used to thinking in our, well, this is my box, Mm. you know, how, how do I function within, you know, my four walls, my office, they said, you guys got to get your heads up and think bigger. Um, And so we we, we were pretty good, I think, at systems and processes. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, uh, Kim, one of our partners, she, she was awesome. And she had our systems dialed in, you know, really well. Um, But when, when you're, I think when we officially joined with our, our private equity partners, we were at five offices. Mm. And um, we, we learned pretty quickly that our systems were going to have to change and evolve. Yeah, I bet. Um, So our, our, our equity partners were huge in helping us do that. Um, and you're now at how many offices? So now we're, um, so we started here in Arizona with, mm-hmm. with the five, and now um, we have 80 locations over eight states. Wow. So we've we've pretty much got the the Western United States all covered. Sheesh.
0: Yeah, what got you, you know, to five offices is not gonna get you to what, you know, to 80, right? So yeah. it that's another super interesting topic that would you know we'd have to discuss at some other time. But uh, that's fascinating to me to learn about businesses that then have to learn how to go from you know, hey, I'm making, you know, six figures is different than seven figures. And then you get to eight figures and multiple eight figures. And at that point, it's just, it looks completely different. And yeah. it really comes down to the operations and the systems. The COO is critical. And, and so I'd love to, yeah, learn more about that. But I mean, that that's a bit, you, you say it so nonchalantly, like it's not a big deal, but I'm sure that there is a lot that went into you guys, you know, going from five to 80. That's a big, big deal, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and so... Man, that's awesome. That's so cool to hear that, uh, that you guys have, have, have gone that far. Um, anything else that um, through your journey, you know, uh, in life uh, that you want to add to this that, um, you know, maybe some things that you've learned along the way that have helped you to be like, hey, I need to make sure to, to be better at this or that things that you've learned, maybe the hard way, um, you know, through life experiences.
1: The things that I've come to learn. And I just, I, I listened to uh, another podcast uh, recently that talks about this um, is you have two choices, growth or comfort. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you probably know, I mean, one of our, you know, Russ, our good friend does, mm-hmm. um, you know, on, on his podcast, you know, he had one where he talked about that. Um, and, you know, I, I love that concept. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can either choose to be comfortable or you can choose to grow. Um And there's times in life where you you need to you know obviously shift between the two um where you know when life gets crazy sometimes you have to kind of shift more into autopilot um but you know as i I listened to that podcast it made me think of there's a a graphic i've seen and i'm i gotta remember to see if i can describe it um i don't know if you've seen there's a graph of the of growth and so you can see you have your your you have comfort and then you step outside of that comfort zone um, there's there's some anxiety and some fear, but then you have to you have to break through that zone to get into that growth zone, and uh, don't, you're not going to grow until you break through that fear and anxiety stage, and this is something that I I you know try to talk about with our you know doctors that I work with and doctors that you know I mentor, um, you, you have to be willing to to step outside of that um that comfort zone um to grow so i mean and i think this this principle applies um whether it's you know for me the the biggest application is in clinical dentistry You know, when you graduate from dental school i mean i don't know if i should say this but your mm-hmm. dental school's objective is to get you just so that you're not dangerous Mm. (laughs) (laughs) like okay we don't want you to harm anybody yeah um and if we can get you to where we're pretty confident you're not gonna like really harm someone then okay you can graduate with your degree (laughs) um but the real education starts like when you start yeah practicing you know that's why we call it practice because you're 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 constantly learning um you know there's been you know over the years there's been a lot of you know procedures where you know i'm in the middle of it and i think i don't know what i'm gonna do (laughs) like how am i gonna you know because there's there's a variety of things right because when you're dealing with humans and biology yeah things don't always go like according to plan it's not like in the textbook like this okay when this happens you do this like you have to figure things out yeah and um there's been a number of times where i've been in a you know in a procedure or in a treatment room and i mean my heart's pounding and I'm thinking, okay, this is not the way it's supposed to go. Mm. And then you you have an anxious patient and, you know, they're they don't open very big. And so there's a lot of stress there. Um, but you have to learn to, to handle that. Yeah. And you've got to break through that. And I think that that principle applies no matter what your industry is. I mean, you're, you're going to get into like, uncharted territory, you're going to get into things where, okay, th- this isn't exactly you know how I learned about it so what am I going to do yeah you know, so if you're not willing to break through that you're you're just going to stay in the same place you know one of my mentors um, in dental school um, said something that that stuck with me um, to this day he said when you graduate you can go out and practice for 20 or 30 years or you can practice one year, 20 or 30 times, Mm. which one are you going to do? And and he was big on, you know, growing and, and, you know, bettering yourself and continuing education. He said, if, if you think you're going to do things the way that you're doing them right now, 10 years from now, you're, you're wrong. Mm -hmm. Or I guess if, if you want to, to be advancing and growing that that's not the mindset. Yeah, you don't you don't want to be the dentist that just does the same thing every year for twenty or thirty years. Yeah, um, there's so much to learn in this industry, mm. and I I've, I'm so grateful for that um, yeah. that advice because um, that that's had a huge impact on me because um, I I mean not that I want to just try every new thing that comes out but you know bettering myself as as a dentist or you know or you know picking you know. Niches or things that I want to focus on and really dive deep into, um, that that advice has been super helpful and have been huge for me to to grow and develop.
0: Man, I love that, and you know what? It just clicked for me because I think that uh, dentists, you know, like, and I don't know if this is even true, right? But you hear uh, the suicide rate, it, you know, it mm-hmm. was so high at some point, and I don't know the statistics or if it's changed, or whatever. But I think that might actually have something to do with it—the fact that maybe they go into dentistry thinking that they're going to do the same year for 30 years. Right. And they're not growing and improving. And so, yeah, you can understand why. I mean, any of us go, I mean, we are creative beings like we need to grow and create and do. And, uh, and, and I love the either growth or comfort, you know, which ones is it it going to be? Cause it cannot be in the middle. Like you just, there is no neutral in life. And, And I love how you kind of brought all that together when it comes to and that obviously doesn't just apply to dentistry but but you can imagine and i've always wondered honestly the old school dentists that go every day and they're just doing root canals day after day and and cavities i mean i would go crazy crazy because yeah. um, i need variety i need change i need you know what's next you know kind of that squirrel syndrome a little uh-huh. bit you know um But I love that advice and I can see why it would stick with you. And, and, and I've seen how it's obviously impacted your life and your career and what you've done with it, turning it from, Hey, I got three to five to 80, you know, and then who knows what's next in the next 10 years, right? Like, um, the sky's the limit with you guys. And I, and I just, that's, that's super, super cool. So thanks for sharing that. Um, and yeah, thanks for being on the show.
1: Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, It's been fun.
0: Yep. I want to thank everyone for taking the time to listen to this podcast. It's the best part of my week. I love learning from others' failures. And let's be honest, failures are way more enjoyable when you're not the one experiencing them in the moment. If you or someone you know has a story or experience to share, we would love to have you on the show. You can leave us a message on our website, RushToFail.com. And please do not forget to like and share this podcast with anyone you feel will get value from the experiences shared on this show. Until the next show, remember to fail fast and fail often. Thanks for listening to the Rush to Fail podcast.